Dustin can read. Hello, listener. We meet again. You've reached the final chapter in our satirical tribute to Fear Street, written by me, Dustin Holden. When we last left off with the Simon Says Die podcast, an explosion had occurred next door at 99 Fear Street, and Dominic and Lisa received another mysterious threatening voice message. Next, we'll finally find out why there's so much death around this show. Just a possible trigger warning, there are gunshots and sirens ahead, so please, brace yourself if those sounds make you anxious. Again, this is fan fiction. No one is actually harmed in this performance. Also, thank you for tuning in to all three parts. Like I've said before, even though this is not affiliated with Mr. Stein or any publishers, I hope you enjoyed my view of Shadyside and feel prepped to watch the new Fear Street movie trilogy. With that said, I'm just as eager as you for the conclusion. Here we go. Dustin Can Read presents part three of The Listener. In 1865, Simon Fear settled in a small, unsuspecting village and a murderous curse began to infect the town. From murder cults to stolen identities to supernatural terrors, the Fear family's evil legacy lives on, especially on Fear Street, where they once lived. Simon says you should respect the past. Simon says you should beware the future. Simon Simon says says die. die. Hello, listeners. It is with a heavy heart that we must report that our latest guests, Kyle and Jenny Good, were killed by the explosion you may have heard at the end of our last episode. We are so deeply saddened by this tragic news. Please be sure to hold your loved ones close and pray for the Good family in this tragic time. Per police reports, it was originally thought to be a simple gas leak that caused the explosion. However... They are not ruling out foul play, as there may be evidence of a break-in before everything happened. Wait, I didn't hear that. Did someone break in while we were recording last week? Apparently. The cops allegedly found some broken glass that led them to that conclusion. Broken glass? Yeah, the bathroom window was busted. They knew someone broke in because the glass was in the bathroom. Had it been caused by the explosion, the glass would have been outside. Well, that's concerning. Tell me about it. I wonder why they would target the goods. No clue. I wonder if whoever did it was the same person that caused the fire in the 90s. What if they were looking for something? Damn, Elisa, You got a lot of questions. Well, doesn't it seem suspicious to you at all? Sure, but I'm not going to freak out about it. The police will catch the person that did this. Why are you so heavily invested? I'm not. Okay. 
sorry. I'm just, it's just that it hits close to home, so to speak. All right, that's fine. Let's, let's just go over listener comments, okay? Okay. While we received a ton of voicemails after the last episode, of course, too many were about what happened at the end, which we just discussed. So um, we turned off the message service and we waited till today to open the lines back up for comments. So let's see what we have. Hello. Hi. This is Gwen Bloom Hoffballer, and I represent the finest young adult author. What is she saying? I represent you. Little tale you've woven in the podcast sounds like the greatest fictional town since Castle Rock. Did she just say Please fictional town? Five 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 four three two six. Again, that's five five. What a kook! Hello, I'm R.L. Stein. I write the Goosebumps books. Many kids today have been telling me that podcasts are the way to go. I've been listening to the stories on your show so far, and I'm very interested in writing about your experiences. If you would be so kind as to call my offices to set up a meeting, I would be very excited to speak with you regarding... Huh? Weirdo? I'm not giving some random guy my story. I love that dummy, though. What was his name? I think it was Slappy? Ah, that's right. So, maybe if Shadyside wasn't so damn poor, people wouldn't be killing each other off just to get the hell out of this crappy town. Actually, I think. Wait, who are you? Hello, I can see you. What's in your hand? I want to play a game. What the hell? Come on, baby girl. Let's play the member of the teenager. <laughs> I gotta you back. You messed with the wrong bitch, you backwoods hillbilly motherfucker. Um, that didn't sound good. Sounded like we got a call like that last week. Is this a pattern? Okay, this guy needs to stop this. You're next. (laughs) Wait, his voice sounded really familiar. Did he sound familiar to you? Kind of, but I can't place him. Huh. So when are you guys going to finally talk about that weird cult that took over the school last semester? It's like most of the senior class was involved, but no one seems to remember. The auditorium went missing for weeks, only to turn up in the cabin near the old deer park, with no memory of how she got there. Someone needs to talk about that. Believe me, it's on our radar, buddy. Oh my god, this show is giving me life. How do you stay out of danger living there? If I lived anywhere near Fear Street... Dad, I'm on the phone. Hello? I'm on the phone, Dad. Is this one of those telemarketers? Dad, hang up. I'm on the phone. Rachel, is that you? Rachel, when did you become a telemarketer? Hang up. Hold on. Why are you yelling at me? Ugh, I need my own phone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
So no new fashion victim this week? No. Thankfully, Jade pulled herself from the schedule, Mm. which I am all for. Why would she do that? I thought she basically bullied you into letting her have a segment. Turns out she only wanted more attention. You don't say. Surprise, surprise. However, her parents made her quit after hearing the last episode. They didn't realize the subject matter would be so intense. What kind of stuff do you expect a podcast on Fear Street to cover? Seriously, get with it, people. Instead, we will go straight to our guests this evening. Right. Okay, I'll go get them while you introduce. Great. Great. Today, we have two people who witnessed firsthand some of the tragedies that befell Shadyside in the past. The first is Dr. Portia Price. Dr. Price was a criminal psychologist who's actually treated several of Shadyside's more colorful individuals over the years. Our second guest is the son of the late Mr. Bryce Braden, our former town historian. Brandon Braden has been shadowing his father for years and is set to take the helm of the new authority on all things Shadyside. Welcome to both. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. First up, Mr. Braden, I am so sorry to hear about your father's passing. Were we really the last two people to see him alive? What? I I didn't know that. Shh. Yes, unfortunately, when my dad arrived home that evening, he tripped on a rug and hit his head on the end table. Oh, my, that's horrible. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Dad would have loved to have come back on. He just loves telling people all about Shadyside. Well, we loved having him. Yes, yes, we did. Oh, I meant to ask you, did you ever find that silver necklace with the pendant? You said you couldn't find the replica that your dad had, and I just wondered. No, I haven't found it yet. I believe it was stolen. But who would steal it? Well, that's definitely an interesting question. Perhaps it was someone that was listening to your podcast. So that's a strange accusation. What would make you think that? I don't know. My father comes on the show, talks about the pendant, and the next thing you know, he dies and the pendant is missing. Seems a little odd, don't you think? Perhaps. Well, let's see what our other guest, Dr. Portia Price, has to say about this. Welcome to the show, Doctor. Thank you. I have listened to both episodes, and you're right, Mr. Braden. It is very suspicious that the events fell that way. Are you sure the pendant wasn't missing prior to your father's death? No, not that I'm aware of. That's very interesting. You see, I work closely with the curator of the Shadyside Natural History Museum, and he says that about a decade ago, the original Fear Good pendant went missing as well. Yes, that's true. So what of it? I just find it curious that your father, Bryce Braden, kept a replica of the pendant, a replica that would have been best displayed as a substitute for the original, don't you think? Yeah. Hey, that does make sense. Why would senior Mr. Braden keep something like that? Are you trying to accuse my father of stealing? No, far from it. Then what are you saying? Well, I don't believe there ever was a replica. I believe that Mr. Brayden may have had the original pendant all along, believing it was a replica. Then why would he hide it from me? Whoa. Chill out, dude. I'm sorry. I'm still just so upset by his passing. I just don't understand. I think I need a minute. Wow. That was intense. I'm sorry to do this, but I think your lives are in danger. Wait, what? Yeah, what do you mean, Dr. Price? 
Well, as you know, I'm a criminal psychologist. I'm very good at spotting sociopathic behavior. And I believe that Brandon Braden knows more about his father's death than he is saying. How could you possibly know about that? The same way I know you're hiding something as well, Lisa. Huh? Is that music? What do you mean? I'm sorry, Lisa, but something in your story doesn't add up. This house, the lack of parents. You moved to Shadyside and within a week made a friend and started a podcast talking about true crime. Dominic, have you ever met Lisa's parents? Um, no, but they're out of town on business, right, Lise? Um. What is going on? Lisa, I've seen cases like you before. In 1990, a little over 30 years ago, I had the chance to study the case of Justine Cameron. Wait, I know that name. Didn't she try to kill a bunch of kids on Halloween by burning them up in the old Cameron mansion down the street? How do you know this stuff? Survive on Fear Street long enough and you'd pick up this stuff too. Yes, Dom. Justine Cameron was in her late 20s, masquerading as a teenager. Her goal was to kill the kids of the people involved in an accident that killed her parents on Fear Street. So what are you saying exactly? Maybe you should ask Lisa. Lise? What's she talking about? And seriously, where is this music coming from? Um, okay. My name isn't Lisa Connor, spelled L-double-E-S-A. It's Lisa Connor, spelled L-I-S-A. Okay, I'm confused. She's not a teenager. She's a full-grown adult. She disguised her name. Stupidly, I might add. What? Lisa, is this true? <sighs> yeah, Dom, I'm sorry, but it's true. Well, that explains your missing parents. I am so sorry. I can't believe this. It's just that I just wanted to find out what happened to my cousin, and the only way to do that was to assimilate into Shady's side. Wait a minute. Your cousin? Who is your cousin? Cody Frazier. Okay, this all makes more sense now. Cody Frazier? You mean the girl whose twin was killed at 99 Fear Street decades ago? Well, after the house caught fire, Cody was arrested for arson. They thought she started the fire. Yeah, so? Well, it seems Ms. Connor knew that I was the doctor who evaluated Cody Fraser after she was arrested for arson. The prosecution wanted to pin a lot of crimes on her, claiming insanity on her behalf. They wanted to lock her away. But Dr. Price didn't let them. That's right. After meeting with Cody the first time, I knew she was innocent. The only evidence the court had was circumstantial, and with my testimony, I was able to have her released. And that's when she went missing. My family took her and my aunt and uncle in after they fled that house when Callie died. We thought she'd turn up eventually, but she never came back. I was a few years younger, but I idolized Cody, especially when she went to Hollywood. I just wanted to know what happened to her. Wow. I'm sorry, Dom. I didn't mean to use you like that. It's okay, I guess. Yeah, are you sure? I've lied to you for weeks. No. I mean, yes, I'm fine. I just wish you would have told me. I could have helped you. 
I'm sorry, after we became friends, actual friends, I just didn't think you'd forgive me for not telling you the truth. Wait, there's something else. Huh? What do you mean? Just a minute ago, Dr. Price said she knows that Brandon is hiding something? Oh yeah, I forgot. What's he hiding, Dr. Price? I think I know. <gasps> oh, Jesus. Stop with the dramatic score already! What? Your little friend turns out to be a lying, scheming bitch and you forgave her? Maybe you'll forgive me for what I'm about to do. Um, and what is that? This. <gasps> Dr. Price! You son of a bitch! Uh-uh-uh. Dom, don't. I'd listen to her, Dom. Fine. What do you want? Hmm. What do I want? That's a very interesting question, Dom. What do I put down the phone? Ah! I'm sorry, Dr. Price. Next one doesn't miss, I promise. L double E saw. Now, what was I saying? L double E saw. What are you saying? L double E saw. That was you, wasn't it? Me what? All the whispered voicemail threats? You were the one calling us to stop the podcast. What is your problem, man? <laughs> that was pretty funny. I bet you started to get real worried when those good people died. Not so much with my dad, but sometimes sacrifices must be made to get what you want. What are you saying? What I'm saying is that I need that pendant. And what do we have to do with it? We don't have it. No, but your lying girlfriend might know where it is. What? Huh? How would I know? Okay, let me spell this out for you. A few months ago, I found an old journal of my father's. In this journal, he wrote that he was the one that actually stole the Fear Good pendant. But why would he do that? I'm getting to that. After more digging, I found some more research of my father's. As it turns out, the pendant was stolen from the museum was also a replica. They never had the real necklace. It's still out there somewhere. So, you thought that we could find it? I'm very confused why you want this pendant so badly. Isn't it obvious, Dom? Um, no. Why should it be obvious? <clears throat> what? Who does the pendant actually belong to, Dominic? Come on, think it over. Uh, I don't... I mean, your dad said that William Good cursed it and... Gave it to the fears. Come on, get there faster, kid. Wait, wait, okay. Kyle and Jenny were goods, so they weren't the rightful owners. That means, um... He's a fear, Dom. Oh my god. But... But I thought all the fears were dead. Yeah, I did too. However, it turns out Nora Good had a bastard child with Daniel Fear, Simon's son. Since I have both good and fear blood in me, I am the- Wait, 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 that's not right. What we researched- I- What? I know what I'm talking about. I've done the research and I've concluded with certainty that I am related to- No, he's right. There was a Simon Fear the Third at one point and then we learned about other relatives out there while doing our research for the project. Yeah. Just sh shut up. There's just so many holes in this story, it doesn't make any sense. I said be quiet! <laughs> Dr. Price! Why do you keep shooting her? I was aiming for you. But I'm not even on that side of the room. Whatever. As I was saying, I'm the rightful owner to the pendant. And now not even you are standing in my way. But why do you think we would stop you from getting it? Lisa, 
Lisa? Me? But why would I stop you? I had been trying to find that pendant for months now, and I finally figured out where it was. Buried in an unmarked grave underneath 99 Fear Street. Oh my god. Yes, Lisa. All would have been fine until those two goods moved in. I never had a chance to search the premises. That pendant brought Simon Fear all his fortune. I don't care what they say about the curse. If it had a hand in making him the powerful man he was, I want it. I deserve it. Jeez, man. Did... did you... did you kill your father too? The night after your show, Dad confronted me. He knew it was me that had called. We got into an argument when I got home and I... I... I pushed him and... But that doesn't matter. Now that those stupid goods are gone, I can finally get my prize. What? Oh, thank God. What? Are you okay? I think so. What about you? Yeah, I'm fine. He's not. I'm s- I'm so sorry about this. I- I didn't know all of this would happen. I know. How could you? <sighs> Besides, we live on Fear Street. It was only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still recording? The end. Wow. What a fun ride. I hope you had fun imagining what a podcast on Fear Street might sound like. I tried to go for a silly caricature of the world that R.L. Stein created. This story was dedicated to Megan Seidner, a friend of the show who loved Fear Street. She co-hosted a stroll down Fear Street with Hannah, our Dr. Portia Price. Speaking of which, this chapter had some great performances in it especially a charismatic one from Hannah as the criminal psychologist. But I can't forget psychotic Brandon Braden, who was played wonderfully by the excellent Cameron Chaney of Library Macabre on YouTube. Also, we had some voicemails left by my friend Narissa in the UK, and the, quote, other Dustin, as I like to call him, of Sandman Stories Presents podcast. We also had Jessa Von Felt Grund and her husband Bob Grund, Rachel Amon, and Caleb Whitman, 
Our brilliant theme music and score composer, Brooks Leiby, also lent his voice for the messages. You might recognize him as the geeky guy that talked about the valedictorian being kidnapped. Thank you to all of those who lent their voices. It is wonderful to have all of these personalities come together for a unique, creative project like this. Well done to everyone who participated. And if you like what you've heard, please be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to the show. Also, please don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes are available. You can also reach out to me personally on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin Can Read. You can also send me an email at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Again, we hope you enjoyed this tribute to the Fear Street books by the great R.L. Stein. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, Dustin Can Read!